welcome to the Chamber Buzz with Bobby. I'm Bobby Vandenbalk, Member Services Director at the Exeter Area Chamber of Commerce. In our podcast, you will learn how people got their start, what brought them to the Exeter area, and how they would like to be remembered. We'll give you a unique look into the lives of the people who make up our community. And as you know, we always say, people are going to do business with people they know and trust. So let's get started getting to know the person behind this organization. Today, my guest is Kelly. Please forgive me if I don't quite say your name correctly. It's a tongue twister for me. It's Kelly McClintock. And she is with Harmony Speech Language Therapy um, out of Exeter, New Hampshire. And you cover a whole area, um, a whole seacoast area. I do. That's right. I'm licensed in Massachusetts and New Hampshire, so I can go up and down the coast. Yeah. And uh, you got my name perfectly, by the way. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, so, Kelly, can tell us a little bit about um, what you do um, and the, the, the target market that you're looking for. Yeah, so um, I am a pediatric speech language therapist and I work primarily with children birth to three. I can work with children older than that, um, but we're really targeting, uh, you know, sort of holistic communication. So that of course means words, that of course means following directions. But there's so much more that goes into communication, especially at that age. There's a lot of nonverbal communication. There's a lot of interaction between child and parent. So our organization works on all of those aspects of communication. And we also involve the family in our work. So the child is getting much more than an hour a week because they're getting to be with their families um, the whole week. So they can carry things over. And, and uh, it's really a, a great model, I think. And what a great age group that is. Oh, it's a wonderful age group. See their little brains working, can't you? It's just so cool. I just love it. Well, let's get started. Where did you grow up, Kelly? So I grew up in Southern California, about an hour north of Los Angeles. Oh my gosh, you're a city girl. Yep. <laughs> well, it, it was a suburban town when I lived there. Um, <laughs> But it was pretty close to LA, so we would go in there a lot, and um, and also Santa Barbara. So there was a lot to see and do. Wow! And so you just switched one coast for the other? Um, it got kind of yeah. I um, I had a well, I had a bit of a windy road here, and ended up ultimately, you know, wanting to go to a really good speech program, and I felt that of the choices, there were several on this coast that were just, you know, really wonderful. And so I came and visited and um, was choosing between New York and Boston actually, and ended up choosing Boston. I love that, what a great story. So I, I, I can only imagine growing up near LA and um, growing up here, are, are, it's very different. I, you know, it was interesting because I had an East Coast neighbor um, when I was living in LA and when I was realizing I was going to make this move. And, and so he, you know, sort of forewarned me and said, like, you know, you better be ready for the weather and the people are different. You know, they're much more forthright. And 
um, you know, like this. So like, so I try to like, really like, you know, I got, I, I started researching coats and, you know, tried to like, think if I needed to be more tough or not. And um, when I came here, I was actually so pleasantly surprised because I, I absolutely love the people. Um, I love the, you know, the Fort Rightness and it actually was, was really welcoming and enjoyable for me. So oh, it wasn't okay. the transition that I thought. The weather, I, I there was a little getting used to there, but um, <laughs> I'm still working on it actually, but it's better than it was. Oh, I love that. So you grew up in LA or near LA. And um, did you live there until, until your early 20s, eight, 18, you know? Well, I lived there until I was 18. Then I left to go to University of Arizona and I was there for four years. And then I came back and then I lived at home for a while. And then I moved out into the city and lived in Santa Monica um, for wow. a couple of years. Nice. And then, yeah, <laughs> it was really wow. nice. Um, and then when I realized I was going to make this career change, I moved back home again so I could do um, a specific internship at a school. And then I moved out here to Boston. I love so, that. That is that great. Now, what are your parents' first names? Uh, Allison is my mom's name. I'm my mom's name. My, yeah, my mom's name and Bruce is my dad's name. I love that. And do they come from big families, small families? Um, my mom is a sixth generation Californian. Wow. So, yes. Yeah, so there's a lot of California relatives, um, for her. And then my dad was a transplant. Um, he was born and raised in New York and then wow. moved to Houston, Texas. Um, so he also gave me a little insight into the East Coast when I was moving here too. <laughs> that is crazy. So, oh my gosh. So he, he did the opposite of what you did. He did actually. He did. Yeah. He, um, when he was six, um, his family moved to Houston so my grandfather could work. Uh, as part of NASA. And so it was a total culture shock. My, you know, they were, uh, my, my grandmother was actually born and raised in Quincy, Massachusetts. So she went down to Texas and she was like, we need to get you enrolled in horseback riding lessons. And we need to buy you blue jeans and really tried to like help him acclimate. And uh, it was really sweet actually. And uh, so, yeah, but it was, it was a culture shock going the other direction. So and then he moved out to California and um, for work. And now he has two citrus trees and a pool and he, he thinks he's, you know, arrived there. <laughs> so did they come from big families? Um, are, there, are they only children? So I, uh, yeah, so my, both, um, both my mom has uh, two other sisters and then my dad had a sister and a brother. Wow, wow. Now, are they both the oldest? Um, uh, no, my mom is the oldest and my dad is the uh, middle child. Or no, sorry, the youngest child. <laughs> my aunt passed away a number of years ago, so it's kind of... <laughs> he's now, yeah. <laughs> kind of took the middle child place. Now, what does your, uh, what's your dad do for work? What's his background as far as work? Uh, he worked in pharmaceutical sales. Oh, wow. So, 
Yeah, so he did that for originally hotel restaurant management and then segued into that and did that and, and retired with Johnson & Johnson. Wow, good for him. And what about your mom? Uh, my mom worked at a bank until we came along and then she uh, was a homemaker and did PTA and, and all those sorts of things. And do you have siblings? I do. I have one younger brother. Uh, his name is Peter. Oh, nice. Now, what's he do for work? Um, he is in, he works in nonprofits um, and usually in the fundraising arm. So um, that's great. He, yeah, he um, worked at Boys and Girls Club and Boy Scouts nice. and yeah, yeah. So nice. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> is he in California as well? He is. So you're out here all by yourself. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I did not know a soul when I moved out here. What a brave move. <laughs> if you'd only know what the, if you only knew what the weather was really like, you might've changed your mind, huh? You know, I, I think that there were so many positives about me moving out here. I would still come. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a bit of a rocky landing when I, got to Boston so you know once once that all was settled it got easier I got scammed out of my first apartment and um had to like spend a month on a on a friend of a friend's floor and then like finally got my place and so yeah so there were a few things but it all ended out well it all worked well. well yeah tell me a little bit tell me what a typical day in the life of your family as you were growing up, so when you were in school, what, what was a typical day like? A typical day? Um, hmm. I would say I was a pretty um, organized child who liked to plan things. So I would have all of my stuff laid out for school. Like, <laughs> I really loved school, um, probably like more than most kids. So I like had, you know, I was so, so ready to like put on my backpack and get all my lunch together. And like, you know, my mom would make my lunch, like get it all and walk, we walked to school. We lived really close to the local school. Um, and I, I just loved school. We had twin day and I like was a twin with my teacher and like, I just, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. <laughs> Great. Um, so yeah. So anyway, we, so I would go to school. Um, I did, you know, sports after school as a kid. Um, there was, you know, it was the eighties. So there was much more free time. I think there's a lot more bike riding and exploring in fields and climbing trees and, making forts and clubhouses and all those kinds of things. And I started like a little business, actually a pet care business that I ran for a number of years around that time. So I was always busy doing something after school. Um, and then we just, what kind of business? It was a pet care business. I love that. Good for you. I had business cards. I, you know, I, it was so fun. Um, and then, so, yeah, so I'd be busy doing all those things and then it'd be dinner time. And, um, and then I also love to read. So after dinner, I would just read Nancy yeah. Drew books until nice. you know, nice. the cows came home, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Now, 
So it sounds like you kind of grew up in a rural area. It was much more, I wouldn't, I maybe wouldn't go as far as to say it was rural by like standards out here, but um, there was a, a lot of open space. My family lived um, just, you know, a quarter of a mile or less from the Santa Monica National Mountains. So we had access to oh, wow. beautiful hiking trails, the beach, you know, there, and like I say, just open spaces and parks and um, a neighborhood that we could just ride our bikes around. And um, yeah, so it was, you know, there's a lot of, we had a backyard, so it was not the size and scope of, of backyards here, but um, but it had trees and grass and that was enough to keep us entertained. So I love that. Good for you. That sounds wonderful, actually. So did you go to school in Arizona as well as Boston? Yes. So I went, I did my undergrad at University of Arizona. Okay. And then I did my grad work in uh, Boston at Emerson. Very different places. Yes. They could not be more different, actually, I would say in every way. <laughs> I love that. You've, you've, um, and, and you don't do anything small. You don't go small air, you know, small places. You go one side of the country to the other. And so you do big extreme things. Yeah, I sort of, I guess that's kind of true. I, I sort of feel like you only have one life. If you want to do something, you should do it. Um, I'd rather not have the regret than try something and you know, doesn't work out, you can do something else, but. Good for you. That is so true. So true. I, I love that. Uh, tell me, I know you said you had this pet care business. Um, did you make some money at it? I did actually. It was, it was quite a successful enterprise, so much so that when I got my actual real first job, I made less there than I did at my pet my pet care sitting business. So <laughs> it's kind of a come down actually, but um, yeah, I was like taxes. Oh my gosh. What? So I'm not sure which one you're going to use, but the question is, what did you learn from your very first job that you've taken with you to every position you've held? Hmm. You know, I might actually have to say that my pet care business was the most influential um, because I think that it really drove home the importance of systems and organization. And I was able to design my own, you know, everything from the ground up, which I loved, my own, you know, ways of charting things, my own marketing, my own, you know, like so. And I really, I really liked having the, the whole enterprise that I could make exactly how I wanted my customer experience to be. Um, so I think that that was probably something I'm still doing to some degree. Um, and my first real job was at Macaroni Girl. So the scope was much smaller and I was okay. packaging things and well, okay. that's an important skill, you know. <laughs> so what kind of things did you do in your pet care business? Um, so we did all kinds of pet care, um, most, you know, a lot of summer travel for people we did. Okay. Um, and we also did, we branched on to house sitting. So did some of that, um, but it was dogs, cats, fish, you know, whatever you had. Um, I love that. Yeah. We cat multiple times a day if you needed to once a day, just 
nail and paper. I mean, all varieties. I um, love that. That is so great. And how old were you, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I was probably around 12 or so. I'm. That's a lot of responsibility. It, you know, I, I guess, but I really enjoyed it. You know, I really enjoyed having my own, you know, Good for activity you. and, I mean, you know, yeah. Somebody being 12 years old and 12, 13 years old and, and creating business cards and you do have to be really structured and organized and that's a lot. That's a lot for that age. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think I was, like I said, I was always really organized, kind of just like a natural extension of the things I liked to do anyway. <laughs> um, so it didn't feel like work. It just felt like, oh, I can actually do something with the skills that I already enjoy. So it was, you know, it was more just, I don't know, more of an extension of my hobby, maybe. That just <laughs> so do you have animals now? Um, yeah, we have one cat. His name is Tom. He's gotten progressively more spoiled since I've known him, but you know. <laughs> oh, I love that. So uh, tell me, Kelly, how did you get from pet care? An easier to follow path, but basically I, um, got my undergraduate degree in English literature and creative writing and thought I was going to write for film. Um, oh, and wow. so I internship, I did an internship at uh, MGM and DreamWorks in LA and when I was in college and, you know, everything was good. And, and I, you know, I was promised a job at the end of the internship, all well and good the 2008 recession happens while well, the writer's strike of like winter 2007 happens oh. then the full recession of 2008. And so I graduated <laughs> just in time for the recession to start to like really impact everything. Um, so suddenly all my plans got shifted. And then on top of that, I had a, a medical issue come up a couple months after I graduated where I was uh, I was actually, I would have these uh, freezing episodes, uh, just completely idiopathic seemingly could not figure it out, but I couldn't move. So oh. I was like, well, <laughs> this is really not going the way I had planned at all. Um, and so it took me, you know, really three and a half years from that point to bounce back. It was a whole, a whole started thing. Yeah, I was, it was a, it was really a mess and no one could really figure out what was wrong. So anyway, when three and a half years had passed, I had, you know, gotten functional again. The recession was a little bit better. I was like, I just need to, you know, writing is wonderful, but I just need to like, just get a job, you know, and I'll <laughs> just switch things. So I got a job as a recruiter in sort of the entertainment field. So I was kind of still touching that, but it was, you know, it was paying the bills and I did it for a couple of years and I was driving home on the LA freeway one day and I was just like, just said to myself, I, I hate doing this. Like, I hate, I hate this work for me. You know, I have so many good friends still that do it, that love it. Uh, but for me, it just, it did not float my boat. Wasn't uh, a <laughs> It did not float my boat. I just felt like my natural 
skills and gifts were just, you know, I couldn't really use them in that venue. And so I just felt like I really needed to make a change. So as you said, a little bit drastic, but I just said, you know what, my, that health issue taught me you only have one life to live. If you know, it's not working, you got to change it. So I totally shifted. I moved back with my parents. I started the health issue. They fixed it's gone away. Well, um, it was pretty interesting actually, because I, so I seemingly got pretty, you know, it was much better. And I just thought, okay, this is like a weird thing with me that I'm, you know, going to have to contend with, but it's not interrupting my life very much anymore. And, um, when I, you know, so I just, it was in the back of my mind that like, didn't, you know, thought I was just going to stay there basically. And then when I got into my thirties, I actually figured out what the root cause was. Um, and it was not, yeah, it was really shocking actually. It was not, I, you know, I had thought it was like some muscular thing or some weird disease or who knew. Um, and it was actually, it was tra trauma response to something that had happened to me when I was a kid had no idea. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so anyway, <laughs> like I said, very windy road. Um, but that was an incredible learning experience because it allowed me to kind of bring that into my work because when it all connected up for me, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, things are so connected. We don't even realize. Um, and so, you know, there's so many components to communication, to interaction, to all of these things. Our bodies are such a big part of that. Um, and so there's so much more that we need to be looking at that we're often not looking at. Um, so it was really a gift, even though it was a bit shocking. Um, <laughs> yeah. <but> I... <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy, actually. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Well, yeah. you for being able to work through it and get to the other side. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes you're like, okay, so we're doing this now. And, you know, I would have rather picked a trip to the Bahamas, but I didn't get that card, so. <laughs> there. Yeah, I can't find me there. Oh my gosh. So what is it um, about the, 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 the speech language therapy? Um, what is it that attracted you to it? Well, yeah. So I, like I said, I got my undergrad in English lit and creative writing. So there was a language component and that was something that drew me in because language is something that I've always loved. Um, I feel like it's so important. It's, you know, the basis of so much of our communication and, um, you know, it's so much a part of who we are. So I just felt like being able to help people, you know, communicate was something that I felt passionately about that I could help with. Um, and yeah, and I didn't know all of the different venues it was going to lead me through when I started the work. I thought it was just purely about language, but as I got into the fields and then of course, you know, got all these different experiences, there was so much more to it um, in terms of the relationship component and, you know, the emotional component and all kinds of other things. So it really, it, it got me interested, but then all those things sucked me in as I got deeper. Good for you. It sounds so, it sounds so interesting what you do. I mean, I just can't imagine. I, I love that age group, but it's hard to communicate with them. 
that age group. So I, 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 I can only, for me, I can only see it as a real challenge on being able to help them and communicating with them in a way that you're going in the right direction. Or, you know, right. in a direction that works best for them. Right, absolutely. And I, I feel like it's important to throw in this little sidebar, which is that I never anticipated working with children when I entered this field. I thought for sure I was going to work with adults. And um, I found them to be quite scary for that reason. They don't talk. I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what they're thinking. And, you know, like, this is like a, you know, ah, so I tried to steer as far away from them as possible, actually. Um, and I got placed in this language group and, um, you know, my, my mentor at the time was like, you know, your diagnostic skills are really strong, but you can really work on your play skills. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like, this is like too much. I never thought I was going to, I was an organizer as a kid, not a player. Like, I just, I don't know how to talk to these people, relate to these people. It was like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, but, um, I ended up through different circumstances working in this birth to three population, partly when I realized that, oh my gosh, wait a minute, they are communicated with us. You just have to know what to look for. And that was a huge shift for me. So, and that's one of the first things I do with parents is helping them attune to all the communication that their child is actually giving them, which is a lot but it's just not in the way that we are, you know, as adults accustomed to taking it. Oh, that makes so much sense, actually. When you put it that way, it makes so much sense. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I'm a grandmother, so there are signals and communicating communications that you have with them that are, that are nonverbal. Exactly. And, um, if you pick up on them. So that actually makes so much sense to me now that you've said it that way. Exactly. They're communicating with you all of the time. Absolutely. But sometimes we just don't recognize that as that's what they're doing. They're crying. They're, you know, and we're like, oh my gosh, we just need to, we need to, we need to figure out how to stop that crying, which maybe we do want to do because they need something but it is a way of communicating too. Absolutely. Oh, and there's a cool back and forth between, you know, parent and child that how are we communicating back with them? You know, how do we foster that relationship? So that's great. And you've actually given me a different perspective on how to look at that. That's really cool. Um, it sounds really fun, actually. It is really fun. It is really fun. And how long have you been, um, how long have you been doing this? So I have been doing this um, since 2018. Wow. I graduated in 2017. So I mean, I, you know, got a ton of experience in school, but started working full time in 2018. Sure. sure. Um, well, good for you. I mean, that's one, starting your own business is always challenging. Then to do it in a, during a pandemic, oh my! <laughs> um, so my hats off to you for um, moving from a coast to a different coast, starting a new business, and um, being so successful at it. That's awesome. Good for you. 
Well, thank you. You know, it's, it's been a journey for sure. <laughs> so Kelly, let's talk about where you are today. Well, it's a little complicated. I'm married slash engaged. <laughs> and the way that that happened is during the pandemic, um, my now husband, John, uh, boy, live with here in Exeter, uh, we decided to get married to the justice of the peace here. Um, but because of all the craziness with COVID, we didn't get to do our church wedding yet. And so, um, so we sort of are in this weird limbo of like, we're, we're legally married, but we have not yet gone to actually have a wedding. Um, so <laughs> it's always time for that. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. So it's, it's again, complicated, but, um, I love it. I guess I I'm taken, however, <laughs> Are, do you have any plans? I mean, have you started planning any um, official? Yeah, we, well, we, we are working on it. Um, and we are trying, there, there's some little wrinkles here and there that we are working with, you know, in terms of getting family to the right place and the right thing. So, you know, but eventually we will get there, I'm sure. Well, it's that, that's the hard part is that you're, you, you have folks all over the place and far away. So it's gotta be hard for you, I guess. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it is a challenge. And you live locally? Uh, we do, we live, um, John teaches at Phillips Exeter. So we live right on campus. So very cool. Now, what does he teach? He teaches uh, mathematics. I love that, good for him. Great school, by the way. It is, it is. My last question in this segment is where do you see yourself personally and professionally in 10 years? Oh, well, let's see. In 10 years, I hope to still be uh, running Harmony and uh, just continuing to um, build us as an organization and continue to help children and families. Um, I am also working on doing some research. So I'm looking forward to, um, you know, continuing that arm of things. And um, yeah, and just having a happy life with our family here and just enjoying. Nice. That's so nice. Well, I, if you got through this past winter, I think you can make it here. <laughs> It was my best winter yet. I had I had the most um, I had the most enjoyable time because we had you know we were together, so it made the winter so much nicer than any other winter that I've ever had on the East Coast. Now, have you do you ski? No, um, I have wanted to learn, but um, you know, last winter we didn't really get to so. Hopefully this winter, um, but yeah, I've also wanted to do snowshoeing, but I haven't gotten to do that yet. So <laughs> I did get some hands though. So step forward. Plenty of time, plenty of time. So I wanted to ask you what kind of, what sports did you play in high school? High school. Oh college. my gosh. <clears throat> yeah. I did a little bit of everything. I mean, soccer, cheer, um, oh, cool. I danced, I played softball. Um, but the sport that really, the, <laughs> I, the only sport that I was actually really successful in was track. Um, 
running was apparently the one thing that I could actually, you know, win a ribbon at doing. So that was the thing that really took me a while to find that. Um, the rest of them were fun, but, but track was the thing that I actually, you know, took seriously and, and competed and, um, yeah. And I still enjoy running, although I don't do it nearly as much. Oh, do you still run? I, I enjoy running, but I do not run, uh, like I used to. Well, we're all getting a little older. I know I, I'm more, (laughs) more yoga these days. I'm sorry to say. So Kelly, we're going to move into our next segment where I ask the same 10 questions to every guest. You ready? I'm ready as I'll ever be. What's your favorite word? Oh, favorite word. I guess I will go with pithy. Because um, <laughs> as a, as an, you know, English writer and, you know, lover of language, I feel like there is something really wonderful about being able to say exactly what you want to say in the most salient terms possible. So um, I will go with pithy. I like that. I like that very much. What's your least favorite word? Least favorite word. Oh my. tough one isn't it it's really a tough one yeah (laughs) I almost want to say I don't have a least favorite word as long as it's used for the you know as long as it's the right word for the moment to me there's no worst word it's only a worst word if it's used in the wrong context okay that makes sense to me I get that what makes you just laugh out loud total belly laugh I think that <laughs> there are sometimes the things that my um, kids say when we're working together and um, they, they just, they have such an honesty and they just, you know, no filter at all. And they just come out and say whatever. And I just love, you know, their awe, their wonder, and their just, you know, say it as it is mentality. It is amazing what comes out of children's voices. Yes, 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 yes. What uh, makes you really sad? What totally breaks your heart? Oh, um, I think I think a failed connection. That's the thing that I, you know, that's the toughest thing for me to see, especially in this work, but also personally or whatever it you know, having the potential to connect and just not quite making it, you know, it, it's, I think that that's really tough. Mm, that's got to be hard to watch too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What sound or noise do you love? Torn between the ocean and actually at this time of year right now, spring and just like the gentle rustling of leaves and birds and the rain, like from last night, I just was in heaven. <laughs> The ocean is so amazing, isn't it? I mean, there's something so beautiful about that. But you're right, you know, when the leaves just start coming out and there's that gentle breeze, it's really cool. Now, birds, on the other hand, I'm not so sure I agree with you on that one. (laughs) (laughs) It depends on the volume. (laughs) 
<laughs> what sound or noise just drives you crazy? You just want to pull your hair out. Uh, jackhammer. Oh, I, yes. That I hate, yeah. Like, uh, and construction, like really grating construction sounds. Yeah, that would, that would do it. Absolutely. Now, I did mention that there was a question I was going to ask that I'm going to ask you to mute yourself for the answer. This is the question. Kelly, what is your favorite curse word? Remember oh, okay. Mute I'll mute. Yourself. I get it. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing that there are a lot of folks that have the similar words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Not child-friendly, but <laughs> sometimes you need to say it in your head. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Well, I think I will never lose the bug to write. So I still write. I'm still working on, you know, several projects in that area. And um yeah, I, like I said, that's what I started out thinking I was going to do. And um, I don't think I'll ever, you know, I'll never give it up. <laughs> Even though I wouldn't trade my profession because it, it also fills up my heart. It's just, they're two completely different segments of me. Absolutely. Um, there's still a lot of time left in your life that you can accomplish uh, that 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 goal um, or that create that creative side to you for sure. Um, do you like? I mean, would you ever consider writing a book or have you written a book? Yeah, I I am ever so slowly working on that as we speak, uh, and I have an editor that I'm working with, and you know, in between, you know, my my full time job and research and all the rest. Um, you know, that is still something that I just am chipping away with and, and we'll just keep going until it's finished. <laughs> fiction or nonfiction? Um, fiction. I love it. Okay. I can't wait to, to buy the book. <laughs> what profession would you not want any part of? I think accounting, just because it is because I, I went to go get my taxes done and, you know, I, it reminds me a lot of recruiting. You're at a computer, you're filling in data and you're, you know, you're sort of just tethered right there and you do interact with people, but, um, but I just, I don't know, it's not the right setting for me. I, I like the freedom of being able to, you know, work with kids on the floor and, uh, you know, being able to move and express myself and use my body. And so I think something where I was just at a desk all day long oh, yeah. um, is, would be something that, you know, wouldn't be my ideal. Well, that makes sense. That makes total sense. The last question, Kelly, is what would you like your legacy to be? How would you like people to remember you or what would you like them to remember most about you? How would I like people to remember me? Um, I, I guess, I guess that would be sort of as a catalyst because I just want to, you know, a lot of the work that I do is, 
is pretty amazing in the sense that once you get it started, it sort of takes on a life of its own. And so with this work, you're always surprised. You're always in awe of the different directions that things take once they get going. Um, and so, you know, to be a part of that process and just be there to maybe tweak a thing or, you know, just get two things attuned together, you know, that is, you know, I, I just feel like being a catalyst for all of those wonderful things that I cannot take credit for um, <laughs> is, <laughs> is sort of the way that I, you know, that I, that I hope will be my legacy. I love that. Well, it's nice to have such an impact on people's lives without, it's kind of an indirect, but direct impact. So it's kind of really cool. And um, you sound very passionate about it. So you have to be really good at what you do. So Kelly, I wanna thank you for sharing your story with us today. I, I, I loved it. It was great to get to know you a lot better. And um, I just thank you. Thank you for sharing. It was very nice. Thank um, you for having me, Bobby. It was great to talk with you as well. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Um, how people can get in touch with you or um, if they're interested? Or is there anything else about what you do that you would like to share with us as well? Yeah, um, people can get in touch with me um, just through my website at harmony-slp.com. Um, I'll give my phone number too, just in case it's 805-410-4115. I still have my California uh, area code. <laughs> Never going to let it go, I guess. Um, yeah, and I guess, you know, sort of in a nutshell, you know, why, why this sort of um, philosophy as opposed to, you know, maybe a type where you're taking your child to a center and, you know, they're working there for 30 minutes and you're dropping them off and picking them up. And I think for me, the way that I, you know, sort of see this work is that here we're treating the root system. We're not looking at an individual leaf and saying, how can we make this leaf to grow? You know, let's, or let's, we're still, let's tape on a leaf to this branch so that it looks more like a tree. Let's really go in and see what is beneath the surface. Where do we need to, you know, sort of support this tree so that it can grow and be in, you know, be the tree that it is meant to be. And that's sort of my goal in our work is to help that family and that child express whoever and whatever they are without me getting in the way of, you know, making them be into what we think they should be. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the, that's the thing I love most about my work. And the thing that I think is so important is that my job is not to make them into something and it's to kind of free open the road so that they can go and, you know, find their own path and, and be who it is without interruption. That's wonderful. Well, it sounds like you've got a great start. So good luck to you. And thank you again for joining us. I'd like to also thank our listeners. Um, but again, um, if you'd like to get in touch with Kelly, she's given that information. Um, Kelly is with Harmony Speech Language Therapy. 
And again, we thank you. Um, I'd like to thank my listeners today. We appreciate you joining us. And uh, for now, you can find our podcast on the Exeter Area Chamber website, www.exeterarea.org. This is Bobby Vandenbaugh, Member Services Director with the Exeter Area Chamber, signing off for today. But please join us again for the Chamber Buzz with Bobby. Have a great day, everyone. The Chamber Buzz with Bobby is built and distributed through Anchor by Spotify. This podcast is produced by the Exeter Area Chamber of Commerce. To learn more about the Chamber, visit exeterarea.org.